Good morning, and welcome to Our American Heritage. I am Hart Schoenert, the host of the program. Our American Heritage is a program where we explore in depth the American experience from its beginning to the present. And today we want to welcome as our guest, Stephen Pierce. Stephen, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks so much, Arch. I am so excited to be on and to talk more about American history and, of course, some modern American stuff as well, whatever we want to talk about. So excited. Well, it, it, it's Stephen, this program is guest driven. So it, it, you decide what we <laughs> that you want to talk about. So we will, we will hold hands and trying to guide what American experience we will have today. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I didn't think we were going to be holding hands, but I'm sure that that's. Figuratively. <laughs> so, listeners, um, I have known Stephen now for probably four years, and we served together on on the uh, board of the Paoli Battlefield Preservation Trust. Uh, Stephen has a very unique background, and he has does a lot of uh, unique has a lot of unique experiences with American history. So I found it would be uh, very interesting to have Stephen on and share a lot of things that he does with American history and, and the different aspects of it. So Stephen, before we start, would you share with our listeners, please, uh, your background, where you were raised, where you went to school, uh, your interests, and then what, what made you decide to do what you are now doing uh, with American history? Absolutely. Um, and again, thank you so much for having me on. So I grew up around, I grew up in Havertown, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, right outside, of course, Philadelphia, the Delco region, just like you, fellow Delcoite. And um, I have always been fascinated with American history. Um, and during when I was in elementary school at Chatham Park Elementary, um, I really struggled with school. Um, I did not do well in uh, state tests. I did terrible on the PSSAs. Um, I really scored badly, especially with reading. They said I did really bad with inferencing. And because of that, I was placed in special ed classes uh, from probably uh, the first grade all the way up to around seventh grade. And I just had a terrible time uh, with reading. I really wasn't into reading that much and that was and it was so horrible because uh, my mom is a public school teacher she was a public school teacher at lower marion high school for over 30 years she just retired in 2020 and we believe in the public education system she loved to read and she's just like you know what is going on here and i really attribute both my mom my parents and myself from kind of getting out of that situation uh, by reading uh, stuff about American history, stuff that really fascinated me. And the thing that really helped as well uh, was actually in school, we learned about local Pennsylvania history and, and to learn about the Revolutionary War, learning about these men who, uh, the founding fathers and other, you know, American revolutionaries who were kind of like rebelling against, uh, and I, you know, against the crown and trying to put forth new ideas, uh, trying to rebel against certain aspects of tyranny. I was like, I, I kind of, attached my own struggle with school to uh, what they were going through. And that really helped me motivate myself to get out of that position I was in. The more I read about these guys, the more, the more I was able to kind of, uh, the more I was able basically to just get more into history, get into schooling, and that helped with other subjects. In fact, I, um, I actually submitted a small little um, uh, writing piece that we had to put in when, in one of our classes. And it was about this guy, I can't remember the, what his name was, but he was a Revolutionary War soldier. And he basically was a big guy, like me, I was a big guy. Uh, and I, it, I was, I think I was six foot in 
like fifth grade. And I was kind of bullied for it a little bit because I grew so tall and I was kind of lanky. Uh, but I had this story about this big Revolutionary War guy who would drag cannons and he would drag the cannon out of uh, the battlefield and he somehow got captured and he broke out of prison. And it, and it actually won like a small, you know, elementary school award in the Delco region. And I was like, wow, I can, I think I can actually do this. And I, and then I did a pretty good job at like this local science fair we had. So that's how it kind of snowballed. And then I kind of got into reenacting a little bit with our local historical society in uh, Harvard in the Harvard historical society. And I did the toy demonstrations and people really liked that. And then, yeah, it kept on going on. And then I was like, you know, I think I really want to study this, study this in high school. So excuse me, in a, uh, college. So I got a scholarship to LaSalle University and I wanted to go to LaSalle because they had a five year program uh, that you would have get you both your um, uh, uh, wow, my bachelor's degree and your master's degree in, in five years. So and it went great. And I worked with people like Dr. Stuart Leiberger, who we both know, who is a, um, Good man. Uh, a Good. great, a great, great Washington scholar. And mm -hmm. he was able to really be a fantastic um, aid to me. And we still talk today and we talk about history. And um, even after the pandemic, um, it, it was hard to, you know, it was hard to really get a job. I, I really, literally graduated with my master's in the middle of 2020. Oh, and oh. it was just, it was so bad. Uh, but I was thinking to myself, you know, if I can keep on connecting with these local places, maybe I'll land in some place. And that's how we got to know each other through Paoli with Jim. I took a tour uh, with Jim's, uh, the Jim, uh, Chris's uh, Paoli, um, um, a tour in around 20, late 2020, early 2021. And then I got to meet my new boss right now, um, Laura Carpenter Myers uh, at Harriton, and that's where I work today. And it's been a great ride. So uh, when I'm curious, Stephen, because we educationally have a, a very similar experience where um, I was not a good student. Um, I didn't get math. I didn't get science. Uh, I didn't get uh, a, a lot of the subjects. But what I always seemed to be interested in and for some reason got was American history. And uh, I was always interested. I wouldn't read anything that wasn't American history or obviously because we're both Delco kids, uh, the sports page. The sports pages right, every right. night, <laughs> yes. and so, uh, but there was an interest there, and and so that kind of like motivated me or spurred me on to get at least through high school, you know, that love, that love for American history, because I got not, I mean, I didn't understand anything else, but for some yeah. reason, they got me through, which I really appreciated quite a bit. How how no, did I, you go ahead? Sorry. No, I, was just saying, I said, absolutely. No, everything I could possibly do, I connected with American history somehow. Mm -hmm. Like if it was something about science, I was like, well, what would Benjamin Franklin do? That was maybe something like this. Or, mm -hmm. you know, it was even I did this all the way up into college. I took political theory and it was interesting. I mean, you read about all these different, you know, philosophers and stuff. And but the, the only reason I really enjoyed it and I got through it is that I found when we were talking about like Plato, we were talking about Rousseau. I was like, well, what did the founders think about these guys? And I would connect all my papers to the founding fathers and I did very well with them all. So it was, mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's just like a lesson for just kids in general, like find whatever you like, try to find a way to like connect schooling to that somehow, yep, absolutely. You, know, it, it, you know, you know, it might be really hard in some ways, uh, but you can find a way. I really do. I really do think you can find a way, you know, uh, for anything and that will lead you to different paths and um and it'll make you have a more open mind i think frankly 
And I saw a picture of you, which is, I'm going down the bunny trail here, uh, several months ago of you in uh, Haverford High School football uniform. So share with our listeners, please, uh, your love for football. And, and I know you played because I, could, I, could, I, I saw the uniform. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, I, I did play. I, uh, I loved it. I loved uh, sports. Um, I, actually, I didn't like sports in elementary school. And I, I started to like it a little bit more in middle school. And I, play, I was a three-sport athlete. I did uh, football in the fall. I did um, basketball slash win- and then later on winter track in the winter. And then I did spring track. Um, and it was a great experience. And again, built a lot of character for me. Um, in fact, for Haverford, um, I, my, I'm a third generation Haverford football player. Huh. Um, yeah, my, my great, my grandfather uh, was a varsity uh, player. And then I, I think he, I can't remember. If he, yeah, he did graduate high school, uh, but right out of high school, he went right uh, into World War II. He was in the uh, occupational force uh, in mm-hmm. Japan. Um, and then my father played, uh, he only played until I think his sophomore year, uh, but still, uh, he played for a little bit and then I went all the way up to, uh, varsity and it was a great experience. I loved, uh, coach Gal, who was a Delco legend. Um, he actually just got inducted into the Haverford sports hall of fame. So congrats on that coach. And, uh, again, yeah, I loved it. I, I was actually going to go pretend I, I was so in love with football, um, that I actually was going to potentially play for Villanova. Uh, but my senior year. I had, I got this neck injury. I had a pinched nerve mm. in my upper right side of my neck and it is just so painful. It, it's like, it's like a weird pain, mm-hmm. um, but it was not good. I, it was from a bad block I had on this one guy during practice. I played defensive end, uh, but I played offensive line during practice. And then once <laughs> I played, I went back and yeah, I was like, oh geez, if I wasn't playing, you know, practice dummy for these other guys, I probably would have been all right, but it's okay. <laughs> and, um, and then I, during one of the games, I really hit someone hard and I just, it, the nerve got pinched so bad. It felt like there was boiling water being poured down no. my right arm. No. And then once I talked to my doctor about it, he was just like, you know, it's either football or you might, it, it, it's either you stop playing football or you might have permanent nerve damage. And I was just like, well, it was a nice run while it lasted. So, <laughs> um, it was, you know, seventh grade to 12th grade. I was like, I'm happy with that. And mm-hmm. this is during the time of like, a lot of concussion stuff was coming right, out and, right. you know, and, and I still love football, but I think it's one of those, again, one of those unique potential American challenges we have in the future with our love of football, because it's just so embedded in our DNA. Like mm-hmm. how are we going to potentially keep on playing this great sport, which I really do think builds a lot of character and really helps us uh, develop a lot of toughness. And how are we going to uh, get the players to be safe in the future? Right. Yeah. So share with our listeners, Steve, because uh, I find that listener Stephen uh, does a lot of reenacting and he he does a lot of different types of reenacting or different people or or uh, time periods. So share with our listeners, please. One, what got you interested in in doing reenacting that that you do? And, um, you know, what what caused you to to want to do so much of that? Because listeners, Stephen spends a lot of time uh, in in that uh, verbal, in that visible uh, education of so many people that he comes comes in contact with. It's not an easy thing to do, and he spends a lot of time doing it. So what what caused you to want to or what motivated you to get into what you do so well? 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that very nice compliment. Uh, it's it, the proper term is interpretations. Interpretations. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, well, see, listen, I'm, I, and, see that, listeners, um, excuse me for that's a difference between the quality of education of a Haverford High School graduate and and the lack of quality education from a Marple Newtown graduate. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We, we we I wasn't taught that. Or I wasn't around for the big words to be taught at Marple Newtown. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's quite okay. No, no, this is from mostly Facebook forum uh, reenacting bickering is what uh -huh. these words come from. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, like I said before, uh, again, I started doing this at an early age. So I did some really, you know, bare bones kind of interpretations and imp impressions about kids in colonial America. And that was really fun. And I really liked doing it for the local historical society at Haverford. Um, but I took, a, a of course, a big break from it. And then I thought to myself, you know, this might actually be cool to jump back into this. And I was always interested in doing it um, because it's just it's a different aspect of learning about history, doing it hands on than just mm -hmm. reading it from a book. And I am just so enamored with trying to basically I've always been enamored by trying to put, you know, physical, you know, realistic historical dates people, places, things from paper to real life. And I really think that's how people connect as well when they really see it in real life. And um, I really started getting, I, I got into re real full-blown reenacting with uh, this Loyalist Highlander Regiment I was a part of. It was the 84th Immigrant uh, I, I, uh, Scottish what was it? Yeah, Scottish regiment uh, that came over during the American Revolution. And one of my uh, friends was a part of it. And I started doing that late in grad school. And it was really a great way to kind of dive into it. And then right, right when the pandemic was starting to die down a little bit at the end of 2020, starting 2021, I heard that Fort Mifflin was hiring. And I was like, Fort Mifflin? I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that place. Mm -hmm. And I... I filled in and, and basically they started out and they try to do this with a lot of people. They start uh, people with the ghost tours in the fall time. And if you do pretty well with that, then they kind of uh, get you to be like a, a, a part-time uh, guide. And that's basically what you become. And I really got invested in the whole thing. I was like, Oh man, I forgot how fun this is, how cool this is because there, there's something about you being dressed up, um, especially around here, especially about revolutionary war stuff that even if someone is not that big in the history, they're like, Oh, that person looks really different from what I see on a daily basis. Right. And when you make that into something very uh, realistic, it really uh, makes people want to learn more. And, it might make them want to read. It might might want to make them read more, watch more, uh, which I've always, I've always admired. And the reason why I keep branching out into different interpretations is that it's almost like an addiction. <laughs> it's like a good. It's it's like a good addiction. It's kind of like you. I I get so deep into their stories that I want to keep on peeling back more and more mm -hmm. on what they're about because we are such complex individuals in ourselves and again it's just a way more in-depth version than what you get in the in the history books i have learned from getting both a master's degree in early american history and from doing stuff with reenactors is that they both have these amazing qualities to each other on how to learn more about the nation's past and if we can somehow get them to really come together more often i think that'd be great reenactors and you know 
you know, professional historians, academics, you know, all, all these kind of history enthusiasts, the art reenactors, they kind of clash with one another. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why I'm like, these are just different perspectives. But the problem is that history has become, kind of become a very egotistical kind of almost like I know more than you kind of thing Absolutely nowadays. And, right. I'm, and I'm like, and I'm like, why is this the case? And, and I'm like, and I'm like, why, why do we have to keep doing that? History is already in a lot of trouble in this country when it mm-hmm. comes to funding of funding of public spaces, private spaces, you know, just overall historical dialogue around. I'm like, we should not be, you know, fighting with each other. And just to put a bow on this, it's like recently I was just talking with reenactors about the new Napoleon movie and I saw it. And yes, there's a lot of problems with it. No doubt about it It is not 100% accurate, but there was, but it wasn't criminally terrible. And I thought to myself, well, if this does very well in the box office, that means that more movies like this can get made and potentially more people will want to go into the history field or just get into history that weren't before. So I see that more as a net positive than a net negative, but People don't want to agree with that. I know. And, and Stephen, I've come know. full circle on that. That's what my conclusion has come. Not not only with Napoleon, but I go all the way back to um, Hamilton. And, you know, I'm, wow, not a fa- a great one. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Hamilton, but I'm not. But so many people have said to me, and I've come all the way back full circle to where you are, that, hey, if that inspires people to get more interested in American history, then we can use that as a stepping stone in their lives to help educate them in other areas of American history. So absolutely. I, and, but it, and it also creates a whole new different section of, of media, yes. which is the, which is the critique of that media. Yes. And I'm like, we live in such a free society that when something like that comes out and we're able to criticize that, that generates more buzz that generates more people. And then people can decide what they kind of want to hear. And I think most people, when they want most people, I think really want to hear the truth more than they want to hear the lie. And I think that that's just the ultimate case, especially when it regards to, to his, history and stuff. Yes, like that. I totally agree. And, yeah. So you, you start in in the reenacting interpretation. What are the steps? You just don't show up in a uniform somewhere or, or an outfit yeah. somewhere, because there is a tremendous work that that has to the legwork has to be done before you ever are able to go out there and do that. So where does where did you start? How do people start? What what are the steps along the way that that got you to where you are today with with the interpretations? It is literal and I'm not even joking, blood, sweat, tears and money. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so basically when I first started, my mom, God bless her soul, she literally um sewed like she would she found like old uh, suits that we had and she made this one gray suit um, that I she turned into a like a Continental Army regimental and I kid you not I look at that picture day and I am like she did a phenomenal job turning that old suit into mm-hmm. something that looked like an actual thing so and everyone starts like that everyone starts with like if their mom make helps them make something or piecing things together um, we both know Noah Lewis who does uh, Ned Hector the mm-hmm. brilliant um, continental soldier interpretation and I talked to him before and he said something along the lines of like my first interpretation was so bad it was something with like 
like like like it was like a continental like doctor or something like yes, that or yes, physician. Yes, and yes. it was like he he he's saying something like like he had like modern like like scrubs on and mm-hmm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he said he pieced it together enough and he was such a good storyteller that people just kind of ignored that. Um and I think in the beginning those are just the ba- those are just the basic struggles you're just gonna have. And I always tell people just focus on the story in the beginning. Focus on who your person's gonna be. If people ask questions about like who they are, have a good answer for it. And that will always compensate over the clothing that you have and the, and the accessories. But those things are important down the line. And I think that there's two basic different kinds of traditions within the reenacting living history community. And there's one that is uh, just like mainstream they're called. And the other one is kind of like a campaigner slash progressive and it's not progressive as in progressive politics it's progressive in terms of like you're going to progress your interpretation into something that you that is historically accurate and historically sound and i'm in that tradition a lot of people are mainstreamers who just kind of basically just want to show up to the bow reenactment shoot a couple of guns and um, have some fun and you know God bless whatever you want to do. But for me, I, again, I am one of those people who I want to keep on in improving my interpretation. I want to consistently keep reading more. And that's why you have a lot of these, like, so if you want to like get better at your interpretation, I suggest joining Facebook groups um, that have, that do the interpretation that you're kind of working with. There are the reenactment community, while it, again, like I said before, they can be very uh, snippy and very. Um, <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find good <laughs> words that are like that are a little bit. Uh, yeah, basically, just they're a little harsh. We'll yes. go with that. Yeah. They're a little. They're a little. They're a little harsh. And while they are very hard, a little harsh, very harsh sometimes. Um, you kind of just have to ignore the snippiness and just get to what their actual critiques are and see if those critiques are actually real and just like research that critique because so many people are like, I know this is right. And I'm like, well, no, this is wrong. Um, so again, it's, it's listening to others because doing this, a lot of interpretation stuff is also not really going to be fine in books. So basically um, you, you can't find a lot of stuff that you really want to know in certain American history books. Um, they're going to be very specific, sometimes very highly academic because it's called material culture. And the study of material culture is different from just generic American history. So it should definitely be a combination of looking at different forums. The forums uh, will definitely, and Facebook groups, and they will guide you to what kind of people to buy from because you don't want to buy bad stuff, or, you know, and spend your hard-earned money before, you know, doing an interpretation. You want to spend your money in smart ways when it comes to reenacting. Always focus on one interpretation at a time because people have this basic uh, tendency to buy all these different kind of accessories and, and clothing, like one piece at a time for different outfits. I'm like, just go one piece at a time for one outfit, not one piece at a time for 10 different outfits. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and again, just make it really solid. Make the interpretation solid, get the story right, and just keep talking to people. Got to keep talking to people. That is key. Um, Because if you just go it on your own, definitely going to be harder. And Stephen, we're up against time uh, for this segment of the show. Uh, But if you would, would you like to give a shout out to your favorite homeroom teacher at Mar- at Haverford High School? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Eugene Franz. Oh, my gosh. It the was, man, right? He, he, absolute, the absolute man. Oh, my yeah. gosh. He would make me laugh. And he was just, uh, he, he's an amazing man. I got a, I got a good 
contact him and we got to get coffee or something. Absolutely. He is, he is fantastic. I was so blessed to have him as a teacher. Oh, he's a great guy. So we're mm-hmm. up against time, Stephen. So thank you so much for this segment. I have so many more questions I want to ask you on our next segment. Uh, listeners, I have watched uh, Stephen out on on the fields uh, in different areas, him interacting with people. And it's just amazing to see the interest that people have in American history through the efforts of uh, people like Stephen and what they do and money they spend and the dedication. So Stephen, thank you for, for, for doing what you're doing and helping to educate all of us Americans and have a, a greater interest in American history. You're very dedicated and I certainly appreciate it. I know that you have helped educate many people along the way. So thank you. Arch, you're the man. Thank you so much. Well, if you could put that in writing and send it to my wife in an email, <laughs> I'll pay you 20 bucks. So thank Sounds you, like Stephen. We're going to continue our next program with Stephen talking about his reenacting experiences. This is 1180 AM WFYL, Working for Your Liberty. <laughs> 